Oh, what a perfectly selected tune. Yeah, that's right. You guys know this song, right? You guys want to sing it together? Yeah, it's the instrumental version, though, of Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac. Man, aren't they Mac, good? Man. Oh, man. I've been on a Mac too. Oh, and you know the solo at the end of the song? It's like oh, two yeah. notes. Yeah, yeah. And it just hangs on it. Tasteful. Really tasteful. Great. All right, now, I'm going to show you guys a drawing, and you have to free associate on it, okay? Now, you guys know free association does not mean describing a drawing, <laughs> right? It means, like, riffing on it, okay? I spent a lot of time on this, so get ready. Boom. Wow. Overwhelmed. Um, it's basically Norm's version of uh, the theory of um, the origin of the world from a Christian perspective. Ah, interesting. That's what I got. Is that right? Yeah. I feel like it's the dog catches the car and becomes king. Ah, nice. Also, you got some, yeah, there's a boot car. So yes, he's thinking about L.L. Bean. Yes. He went to L.L. Bean. Oh, right, the boot car. Yeah. The boot car, yeah, about yeah. That. yeah. Well, I would, if I had to describe this, you know, I'm going to go ahead and describe it. We have a giraffe, priest, king, following an L.L. Bean boot car, and unhappy clouds in the sky. That would be a description, not a free association. All right, cool. Thank you for playing along. Thank you for playing this week. And we, our phone lines are open, 413-545-3691. We're talking about polarization. So you don't have to have read the article to chime in. Uh, we're all experiencing it of a kind. So 413-545-3691 is the number uh, if you want to join the conversation. 413-545-3691. And our website's barbarianinthevalley.com. We have two podcasts, Barbarian in the Valley and The Free Associates, out there on pretty much every platform. So please listen to us all week long. As Waylon knows, all I do is spend time listening to the podcast. Over and over and over. Over and over again, because it makes me happy. Yes, I'm one of those people who likes the sound of his own voice. <laughs> but I'm not alone. Um, <coughs> unfortunately, my voice is a little bit compromised. Now, we have been talking about Rausch's article. Let's talk about a couple of other underlying factors quickly that might be leading to this polarization. We talked about wealth inequality. I mean, it seems to me polarization would be driven by wealth inequality. What's another factor? You know, yes, I agree with Rausch that it's a self-replicating phenomenon. You know, at a certain point, and that's what you worry about. Like with any re revolutionary situation or civil war situation, when the thing feeds on itself, it gets out of control. By the way, just quickly, and I was thinking about this on the bike ride home over, when the world becomes so complex, so very complex and impossible to follow, which I think it is, you go tribal. Because basically you shut down. You're like, I don't know. I don't understand this. And I do think a lot of Trump's success is people saying, I don't know if it's factually true or not. Like, I can't tell. Because anyone who's paid a utilities bill or an, a health care bill or anything is baffled. We have a system that gets money from us by confusing us because they're more they have more lawyers than we have. But the question is, why do we, and I think it goes back to this kind of evolution thing that you were talking about before, Sam, why is it when we throw up our hands in the air because everything's complex that we need to gravitate towards doubling down on certain assumptions? It's so like, what okay. you're saying is like, you, there's no room for vulner vulnerability in this, in, in this society where it's like, oh, I don't know how all this works, but I'm going to go with these people and hold pitforks and chant. Fight or flight. Fight or flight. You know? Listen, if I can't understand what's going on, then my associations 
or connections with you are more important than anything that's true. Like, I literally don't know, you know, and I feel like the last election was a referendum on truth in quotes. No, your truth might not be my truth. You might have a curated truth that I can't understand that somehow doesn't match up with my experience. You know, Bill Clinton got in a screaming match with Hillary Clinton in October of 16 on the phone. This is documented. And he said, you've got to go to those states and tell them you understand. Now, that's a very Bill Clinton thing to do. You know, he thinks just saying you understand is enough. You've got to go to those people and say you, they understand because their reality is not matching up with what you're talking about. Like, they're sitting there in these tough towns and they're saying, I don't know if that's true or not, but the things here are really bad. So everything I see on TV has got, you know, like, what is that, ukuleles in the back, and everyone seems so happy and shiny, but that's not my experience. People are generally struggling, and when they look at the people who are projected to us through, you know, basically our media, yeah. those people are doing, everybody sitting on panels on, on MSNBC is doing great. great. They live in nice houses, they don't worry about how they're going to pay their bills, and everybody looks at, regular people look at them and they say, it's working for you. And it ain't working for me, and so therefore, anything that you say is good yeah. must be bad for me. Every revolution reflect, rejects facts right. because they have to. Revolutions have to reject facts. Now, I don't know if Trump represents a revolution. I'm just not going to go there. I don't know. Um, but every revolt, let's say every revolt has to reject facts to, because if you're logical and sensible, you would never really revolt. You, you would ex understand the grays and the complexities. And there's no emotion in it either. And there's no drive in it. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I summed up the last election in six words, which I actually think are true. Trump, honestly dishonest. Clinton, dishonestly honest. Like, I think Clinton was honest, but I think a lot of people felt like there's probably some study that someone paid for that makes that factually true but it's not my experience, actually. And there's this big gulf and dis divide. It's really too bad that Roseanne flamed out, right? Mm. Because that sitcom was supposed to come back and give some people who don't see themselves in the larger media like, uh, like a hook to hang their hat on. She did Adderall in the middle of the night and freaked out, and she's gone now. She's, invis she's gone from the face of the earth but she's gone now she's in a higher place <laughs> but you know there isn't there isn't in media and I, I watch very little but when I'm at the gym sometimes I'll be watching TV and people don't see themselves in, in that larger dialogue and these you know I've said it before but Robin and I were coming back from Vermont we got off the highway, this is before the election and instead of going to the town in Vermont we crossed the border to get sandwiches in New Hampshire and it was like oh my god, this town is a wreck like you don't go to those towns because we drop, we jump from one co-op cafe lily pad to another. But if it wouldn't take much. You can go in Western Mass and find these towns and sit downtown for five minutes. And then you're like, oh, okay. Like, this is pretty scary, actually. This town is really bankrupt in oh, yeah. every way. So the polarization's real. It's self-replicating, but it's real as well. So what do we do about it? I mean, there's about two paragraphs at the end. Right. So uh, Roush's uh, thought here is, and this is something that, so we worked on a, a paper on state parties for Brookings Institution a few years ago, um, state of state parties, check it out. Um, and uh, <clears throat> his basic point was that state parties as organizations need to actually be strengthened because they encourage moderation, because these are the types of institutions that we need people to build trust into. And, you know, right. not all political institutions, but we're talking about community institutions and things, too. You um, want to go local. Right. So we need, we need people to, to build trust and to, we need to actually, like, 
put policies forth that strengthen these institutions. And by doing that, those institutions will be better able to provide the types of benefits that people saw as outweighing tribalism in the past and no longer see that. Do you know there's this, um, I think he's a Czech thinker. Can you help me with this? He's an interesting um, Eastern European thinker. And I can't tell you his name. His last name is spelled S-I-L-O-Z-Z. Does that ring a bell? Milo's something? Is that not ringing a bell? He's an interesting thinker. He's a Marxist, actually. He's a neo-Marxist, and which you know is kind of a hard position to take. But he did not a nice UMass. <laughs> well, he did a nice job of explaining uh, Marxism, and that made a lot of sense to me, actually. And he really rejects what you're saying. He's saying that the American left always wants to go local. That's not where the future is. It's not in small local things. It will have no big impact. Like the world is is clamoring for large institutions because the the problems facing the world are large they're not grow your own kale <laughs> solutions so i'm just yeah, pushing back a little bit the, the thing that i find so surprising i always i'm i'm a big you know local civics nerd and the thing that i find surprising yes. is that we never focus on anything local like you, you go to a community yeah. forum forum and there's like three or four people there it's just you don't uh, see because the dialogue that you're hearing and the media that you're ingesting is on this national scale. Mm-hmm. But all of the things that you're probably trying to accomplish, like the crack in the road that, you know, the pothole that you need to fix is such a local thing. But you've also extrapolated enough. it to like the infrastructure of the of the you know entire nation's highway system. Yeah. So it's like that it's always going back to local is the actual logical step for for what i actually to to accomplish change it's just not sexy it's just right. now no one you know no one's watching uh the the city council meetings because it's just a demonstration of uh just boring politics yeah i mean i think that that's sad but true right and so um, someone as someone who wrote a dissertation you know if you want to read 300 pages about um, the value of community in terms of inspiring political participation, and then right how often I do I show, show up first. at all of the community events that that really matter for me? I'm exhausted, and I'm doing the dishes, and I'm dealing with Mike, and like, and we're all in that place. Now we're gonna have to cut short today, unfortunately, because the UMass football radio is coming on. Sweet, go you, yeah, go UMass. Um, <laughs> it's been a great conversation, and I think maybe we should pick it up another time. Sure, but sure. listen. We all love America, yes. We all believe in our future. Got the flag on my back. I love America. I, I'm i hopeful for our future. Good. Let's put it that. All right, guys. Have a great week, and everything is on barbarianinthevalley.com. Thanks so much.